1: Better Call Paul is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. Hey, everyone. This is Paul Sarker from Better Call Paul. Just wanted to remind you that the show is intended for entertainment purposes only and is not legal advice. I am not your lawyer unless we separately agree for me to represent you, and the views expressed by Mesh and me are solely our own. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Better Call Paul. The show where we discuss the legal and business side behind the scenes of Hollywood sports and entertainment. I'm your co-host, former Marvel lawyer and current big law media attorney, Paul Sarker. And I'm your other co-host, Mesh Lakani.
0: And this episode is a special one, Paul, because it is the Polys, our second Paulies so far. And uh, I'm excited to share our nominations. We selected some categories. We made some nominations.
1: You and I are going to go through
0: and award the polys based on each category.
1: I feel like it's a good way to look back on 2023, which was a remarkable year for entertainment marked by AI and strikes and transition. And we were there to chronicle most of it. So let's let's look back. We have seven polys this year, uh, which we haven't done since April 2022. I'm looking forward to it. The In order, we have the season two topic that would make the best movie, biggest lawsuit slash trial, who had the best year? Then we have best movie, best TV show, best streamer, and best season two episode. So let's go with our first Paulie, The season two topic that would make the best movie nominations are Tiger Woods, Erica Herman. For those that don't remember, this is Tiger Woods's ex-girlfriend sued him for kicking her <laughs> out of the house, basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> making up a fake vacation to get her to the airport, changing the lock. She sued him. And he said, You have to arbitrate because she signed an NDA with an arbitration clause, and he won his defense. Amit Patel was a former Jacksonville finance executive, Jacksonville Jaguars finance executive who stole 22 million through an elaborate virtual credit card scheme. He pled guilty and he's facing 30 years in prison. We did a story on Taylor Sheridan's lavish spending on Yellowstone, which is half a billion dollars a year on the show and its related spinoffs, including buying a Several hundred thousand acre ranch, which he would then rent back to the production. Brilliant. The Ocean Gate submarine disaster, which was the biggest story you know, in the world for the week that it happened. And then the last nominee is the Lizzo lawsuit. If you recall, Lizzo and her production company and her dance captain were sued by some background dancers for harassment, hostile workplace as a result of a tour. And that's still playing out. So those are the nominees for... Best topic from season two that would make a movie. I think these are all
0: really good. I think the difference is between them. Some could be TV movies. Some could be a limited TV series. But I think making it into a movie, I only think there's probably one here. And Paul, why don't you tell me what you think first?
1: Oh, I think there's at least two. You think there's I think two? there's at least two or three. Well, I think Ocean Gate could be one. For uh, sure. Yeah, Ocean Gate could be a movie. Yeah, I think that's true. Tiger Woods versus X. I think that could be like a funny date, a rom com gone wrong. You know, I think that could be a limited series. Okay, I think that could be like a
0: comedy limit, like a dark comedy limited series. I also think that the Yellowstone, the making of Yellowstone, could be a like a limited series on on Taylor Sheridan.
1: Yeah, and you know, Paramount might just try it. They might. Well, why not? Do it's just another because, spin-off of yeah. that. <laughs> Made by the The guy, made by the guy. But I think we have a unanimous winner on this one, and that's Amit Patel's fraudulent embezzlement scheme, including how he came up with the idea, how he executed it, how he got away with it for four years with no one really knowing, and what he spent the money on. So there's themes like gambling addiction, crypto, NFTs, all the lavish travel, thinking Wolf of Wall Street meets um office space.
0: I was thinking like a a Moneyball style, but you know, with the yeah, well, with the Wolf of Wall Street. I think it needs to be an A24 movie. This is the only way that this movie becomes a massive hit. Otherwise it be, otherwise it's like a a movie made by a streamer and like a, like a Netflix movie. What
1: about I was thinking actually a slightly different take. What about like a Judd Apatow movie where it's like instead of it being like a hangover style The malevolent, yeah, instead of it being like, a wow, this guy's like a cold, calculating criminal mastermind, it's more like playing on his own line of defense. Like, oh, I was like a helpless kind of fool. I just fell into this. I thought I just got into this scheme because I thought I was going to like win all my money back and then repay it. And it never happened. Not to make light of the situation, he is facing potentially 30 years. But, uh, (laughs) you know, and I was reading, as I was reading about the story when we were researching, you know, this guy has had, quite a reputation on some of these um, gaming sites and, and forums because people would want to like seasoned gamblers would want to get in on things that he was betting on because he just squandered big stakes. So, I mean, clearly if it, if he's lost nearly $22 million, maybe he hasn't. And that's the other angle. It's like, where is the money? So I think it has a lot of angles. I think there's a lot of
0: angles. I think it can be funny. It can be a bit crazy. It reminds me of that movie with Jonah Hill and Miles Teller where they're um, gun runners. It was called War Dogs, released in 2016. It it gives me that kind of vibe. It could also be like a Lord of War style movie with um, Nicolas Cage. But that, I mean, both both, both of these movies are about arms dealers. But it could go that angle as well. They were funny. It was a little crazy. Overall, there's a lot here to make a good movie.
1: There is. So I think that's a unanimous win for the poly. Congrats to Amit Patel. Um, you <laughs> won a poly 2023. Uh, we'll be waiting on that acceptance speech. And so let's move on to our second poly, which is sort of related, but not the same. Biggest lawsuit slash trial. So the nominees are Bad Bunny's ex-girlfriend Clarice Dela Cruz versus Bad Bunny. She sued him. If you you don't remember, this was from back in March. She sued him for a copyright infringement for using her voice on a couple recordings without her permission and her consent. I think the most interesting thing about this is his manager offered her $2,000, and he's like the number one recording artist in the world. So she was probably insulted by that and that he's, you know, with Kendall Jenner. Well, I think they broke up. I think they might have broken up they might have but at the time that she filed the suit he was definitely not with her. Oh, that's right. That's right. And I so see. so she probably felt like jilted to a degree and was like 2 2000 that's insulting. You guys, you could pay me 50 times that and it wouldn't really change your life. So, that's lawsuit 1. Sad story Danny Masterson convicted of two counts of rape doing 30 years to life. Warhol V Goldsmith if for this legal fans of the show or legal people in the audience this was the sh- the case where the Supreme Court reevaluated and reinterpreted fair use and what it means to be a transformative work. This was Andy Warhol made the silk screen of the Lynn Goldsmith photo of Prince. He claimed it was transformative and didn't need a license. He was wrong. His estate was wrong. Second to last nomination, Jonathan Majors, who was recently convicted of assault and harassment, uh, which is... You know, ending his Marvel career, potentially right. maybe ending his entire career of his ex-girlfriend Grace Jabari. And then the final nominee is the Authors Guild and seventeen prominent authors suing open AI for copyright infringement for their claiming that open AI's use of their works to train their LLMs was unlawful copyright infringement and they needed to open AI needed to get a license to do that.
0: Yeah, this was a tough one because I think there isn't there's like the the big elephant in the room choice here um, because I think it's an overall theme of what's happening in Hollywood and what's happening with the web and and technology. I think we have different takes on this one, Paul, but I'll let you go first.
1: My choice, my poly would go to Authors Guild versus OpenAI only because I do think this case has the potential to really determine what guardrails go into AI and LLMs and how they're trained and whether someone's creative work can be used to train algorithms without their permission. And if an algorithm creates something that's derivative, you know, who owns that? I think those questions are really big in terms of how do we deal with copyright in an era where algorithms could be creating work? And do we replicate do we make humans obsolete in terms of the creative process or not? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that case is going to go down, but I think it has the potential to really impact the way these algorithms are trained. And, you know, we're starting to see some examples of AI companies getting licenses, but right now they they feel like this is their right. This is fair use. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, look, I think this is
0: the right choice. Uh, before I say what I chose, I think, This is going to be something that we're going to be talking about a lot in 2024. And it opened up potentially the case that just happened recently with the New York Times suing OpenAI over copyrighted work. So, I mean, it was probably this led the battle into this whole thing. And uh, we're going to see a lot more of it. It's important for sure. I went a different route. I decided to go a bit more fandom and chose the jonathan major's trial uh and his conviction only because i think of what it does to the mcu right now in terms of what's happening with this character kang you know this has been a big i think the mcu in general suffered quite a bit in the last year i think fans have been pretty disappointed with what we've been seeing the movies the shows uh it doesn't help that it wasn't that great of a season two with Loki. Jonathan Majors was in that. Jonathan Majors was in Ant-Man and Mania, And I think there was a lot of hype around Jonathan Majors. And then, you know, the trial happened, but then it was also the showing of him on the screen wasn't as great. And I think that has a lot to do with the stories that they were using and the storyline. And so I think it just overall shows maybe Marvel's decline in this certain period of time. And do they rethink what they're going to do with this whole storyline, um, what they're going to do in the future? But I think it presents a really big obstacle for them. And I think this case kind of showcases that a bit.
1: If you're going to talk about most impactful case in 2023, that's a good choice, right? Because Marvel is, despite the faltering that you described, you know, one of the top, entertainment property brands used to be teflon now we're starting to see some kinks in the armor, some weakness kinks in the armor but yeah you know they've said they're moving on from majors which means they're probably moving on from kang which means they got to rewrite a lot of the scripts because he was the focal point of avengers yeah. five and six yeah and you know but he it's not like Ant-Man, Quantumania or Loki two were like resounding successes. That's to the true. Point where like he was amazing. And that's just true. Irreplaceable. It's not like he was Robert Downey. He's more Terrence Howard, I guess. I, I was just in, about to say, I think, I think
0: that's a good one. Uh, Terrence Howard, Iron Man one, who's now forgotten. Although by big fans of Iron Man one. He, yeah. I don't know. Does he get replaced? Uh, Do they rewrite the storyline to figure that out? I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot coming for, for Disney and the MCU in this upcoming year, but we'll see. So that was my choice, but I equally give it to yours, too. I think that's a good one. Let's take a quick break, Paul, and we'll come back and we'll talk about the poly for who had the best year and best movie.
1: Okay, Mesh, so coming back, who had the best year? Pauly, for who had the best year? Nominees are da-da-da-da-da, Taylor Swift, no description needed. NFL uh, will say dominant performance this year, uh, getting into streaming, having their new YouTube deal, NFL Plus, having games on Peacock and Prime Video on Thursdays. Uh, ratings are, I think, at an all-time high, but they're getting like 18 million viewers a game. Yeah. And Monday night, Sunday night, having a really successful Christmas day. So NFL's a nominee. Netflix, also a nominee. Their stock is up something like 65% on the year, whereas Disney is flat, I think down 1% or 2%. Paramount's down 15%, 20%. So in a, a tough environment for media, Netflix has rebounded. So they're a nominee. A24, what needs to be said. Mesh, you want to do the description? A24 is crushing it.
0: Yeah, you know, I chose A24 because I just think they're coming off the the Oscar wins. They have, I think they just put on a really good run. Lately. Nine Oscars, right, between yeah, they,
1: Everything Everywhere All at Once and The Whale.
0: Yeah, they just crushed it at the Oscars, and I think everyone is paying attention to A24 now. I think they're the studio to watch. When you hear some of the commentary, everyone's kind of sick of these superhero movies or... Hollywood taking these safe bets with relaunching certain IP or doing another sequel. And I think A24 is just an, a studio that's taking risks and they're putting out good stuff. And I think they've got a lot of stuff that they're going to be putting out. I just watched Ironclaw, the wrestling movie based on the Von Erich family, who are these who are massive wrestling family. This movie was fantastic. And I'll just say, like, I was watching the trailers and you could see all the up-and-coming A24 movies. So I think they they should be nominated because I think they've, as an independent studio, they've really just made a big presence
1: amongst all these, like, Hollywood Oh, they've had a lot of hits in a row. Yeah. A a good track record, excellent track record. Uh, Most Oscars for any independent studio in a year. And, you know, everything, they just have the Midas Touch right now. Final nominee... Barbie slash Mattel, you know, for those that don't know, Mattel is a toy company that is using looking to launch uh, a cinematic universe, something not dissimilar from what Marvel did. Because if you remember, Transformers, which is a Hasbro film, is actually a Marvel property. And Marvel, before they had the MCU, had comics and toys. And then they got into animated television and then the MCU. And that's been... You know, thirty billion dollars later, that's been like a cash cow in Hollywood. Mattel is trying to replicate something similar, and their first step in that process was was Barbie, which we'll discuss when we talk about best movies. uh, Made one point four billion, and you know could be the Iron Man to the Mattel cinematic universe. So, my choice for Pauly would be Barbie Mattel. I understand that there's any one of these nominees is deserving. It's a tough thing to win, but because I think. Mattel has things like the Magic 8-Ball and Polly Pocket and Hot Wheels, <laughs> and they're going to try to turn these into yeah, movies yeah. on the strength of Barbie. I think that's a, a great, potentially a brilliant move on their part. And also capitalizing a little bit on this down year for Marvel and maybe an oversaturation and uh, you know a fan base that's a little tired of superhero movies and giving fans something new. Not necessarily a different formula, but just a different product. I like
0: it, man. I mean, I look, I, I I enjoyed Barbie. I enjoyed what they did. It was kind of cool to see like a non-superhero franchise get some attention. I'm going to have to give it to Miss Taylor Swift. I think that she just crushed it, not only from a standpoint of Rock's Out, Arrow's Tour album continuing to be listened to constantly, She's got the Eras tour in the theater, and then she's got this love life that everyone's watching. I would even say why a few more people are watching the NFL is thanks to Taylor Swift. So I'm going to have to give it to Taylor Swift. Not only has she been crushing it on the money side, she's she's also Times Person of the Year, billionaire. Um, It's hard not to give it to her. She had a hell of a year. And uh, I, I think as an individual Just It's kind of crazy to think that she ranks to me above all these incredible other entities.
1: Okay, can't argue with that. Let's switch to best movie. There's a bunch of nominees for this, so I will rattle them off. Um, In no particular order, we have Extraction 2, Air, (laughs) Leave the World Behind, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Iron Claw, Godzilla, the holdovers, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning.
0: Yeah, it's funny because Paul, when you had when you had originally put your nominations on here, I I really liked them. It's so funny because randomly, Extraction Two caught my eye, and I remember thinking like, yeah, that was a hell of a movie. Yeah, but there was a couple that I there's actually quite a few. I mean, we we you know the Mission Impossible I feel didn't get as much attention because of Barbie and Oppenheimer. The Holdovers is one of those movies. It's going to be one of those art house movies that I think will be hopefully like a Christmas winner. I don't know if you saw it, but it was fantastic. I saw Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse Paul Giamatti in the theater. Paul Giamatti was in The Holdovers. It's an excellent movie. Air, you know, I did. I did enjoy Air 2, uh, and I would say Leave the World Behind was one of those movies that it's Haunted. nice- it's haunting, you know, Netflix took a risk on that. And I, this is where I do appreciate Netflix as a studio. I just turn on Netflix and there's this movie that some people are talking about and you watch it and you're super into it. You'll have to watch it. No spoilers here, but I think that's a good list, Paul. It's a tough one to choose from.
1: I liked it also. Uh, there was a building size mural for, for leave the world behind. And I, I was like, Oh, you know, I like everyone that's in this movie. And then when I saw that Michelle and Barack's production company was involved in it, and then yeah. when you told me to see it, then I did see it, and it's like one of those <laughs> things where
0: yeah, yeah. eye-opening. It was one of those movies that caught on really quickly. Like In a matter of a few days, people were talking about this movie. And just to add, the reason why I threw in Godzilla Minus One, I went to go see this movie, but I did It has a ridiculously asleep.
1: high Rotten Tomatoes.
0: It's really high on Rotten Tomatoes. It was made with a $15 million budget. It looks like a $200 million film. The people, my friends, who I watched it with, loved it. People started applauding. I fell asleep. I was really tired that day, but I plan to go watch it again. But from what I saw, it was pretty awesome. So I wanted to add that in there too.
1: Okay, so my poly goes to Oppenheimer. Nine hundred and fifty million box office. Really incredible cast. A little on the long side, but I thought great performances, great writing. Typical Christopher Nolan. Amazing filmmaker. Uh, I thought it was a film of the year.
0: Man, okay, so I'm going with the movie that I just saw over Christmas. So it's a late oh, summer. He- it's it's there, it's very recent. It's Iron Claw. I know I keep talking about it. It's a twenty four, starring Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, Lily James is in it. Holt uh, McCallany. Um, you'll know his face if you see him. But this is one of those like art house films, but. It's like The Wrestler. It's about a wrestling family. It's a true story. It was such an incredibly made movie. Zach Efron, I don't know, man. This might be his Oscar nomination. And wow. the, the theater was packed, and I know people enjoyed it. It, it. You don't have to like wrestling to watch this movie. It's just part of it. But it's a freaking good movie, and um, I hope everyone ends up watching it, but... I said a few episodes ago that that was going to be my surprise hit of the year. Coming in a little late for the year, but that's going to be my pick for best movie. I loved it.
1: Okay, I will have to check it out. Let's go to best TV show. Pauly for best TV show. So the nominees are Ted Lasso, Beef, Last of Us, Succession, Slow Horses, Hijack, Beckham, and The Bear.
0: It's a good list. It's a good list. I there were some I added in there at the end that I appreciate you, you you adding on. The way I thought about this was what was the season of a TV show that I watched back to back to back, couldn't wait, loved it, enjoyed it, told everyone that you have to go see the show.
1: I think that is a good test for what makes a great show. If you can't resist watching the next episode and when if the final episode, if you've seen it and you can't wait for more. Yeah. Like
0: Succession, the last season of Succession, I think we all watched it and we couldn't wait to watch it. But I think there's a little bit of disappointment there. I think a show like The Last of Us, phenomenal. Can't wait for another one to come out. I look at a, a show.
1: Beautifully like, shot.
0: But beautifully shot.
1: I, I The thing with The Last of Us is I felt like all the episodes, I mean, because it's tied to a, a game, I think all the episodes were more like standalone than they were sequential.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting take. And then I think, uh, you know, if you look at a show like Beef, like I just watched Beef because I needed to know what happens. But I didn't feel good at the end of that show. Like I would never watch that show again. No, but it was a
1: great show. I mean, you couldn't look away. (laughs) No, it's It's really well written. The twists and turns and the drama between these people but too tragic for me my choice is and i think this is unanimous the pauly goes to the bear which you know had a little bit of everything jeremy allen white is excellent but i thought the entire cast was the excellent cast, and yeah. my thing about it is it's fast paced but it's also building to something right like episode to episode you can see you know they get in the he first he gets in the restaurant season 1 it's like how do we process my brother's passing. How do we just stay afloat? And then it's like, okay, we have we have some funds. We're going to bring this to fine dining. We're going to be a Michelin star caliber restaurant. And then how does everyone level up their game? And how does Jeremy learn to delegate, learn to be more hands off and also process all his internal demons? I thought that was the best show.
0: You know, I, I, I agree with you. I think it, it was the best, the show that I was like, I cannot wait for season three. Uh, Of course, I want, you know, I can't wait to see Last of Us, but the bear, you know, it's like this original story. And I think what's amazing about it is that I think it's the most talked about episode. The holiday episode, the family dinner, oh, yeah, is one of the most talked about episodes. And then one of my favorite episodes, which is Knives, um, Richie's uh, character arc gets developed and he works in the Michelin Star restaurant. Which is amazing. So I, I've got to go for the bear. I
1: didn't like his character until that episode.
0: Exactly. And I think that's what made that episode so great is that you're finally like, oh, this guy's not like a an a-hole. Like I'm actually right. like rooting for him. And he's got it, he's just trying to like win at life. Um, and I so like I, I agree with you. I think the bear, I think there are some shows like Slow Horses, I do love. I'm watching that. Hijack, I thought, was a nice reminder of like the old days of shows like twenty four just like these absurd shows. You know, I wanted to throw Beckham in there because even though it's a limited limited series and it's a docu-series, it's only a few episodes. It kind of reminds me like, yeah, there, there's a lot of needed docu-series on people that we really like that have been a part of our history for the last several decades. And I want, more, I want more shows like Beckham. Arnold had one too. They're fantastic. And a couple of honorable mentions here. I haven't seen this show, but I hear Silos really great. And uh, I've only seen a few episodes of that, but
1: there's there's been a good TV this year, but the bear wins it for us. And it's, a, it's an honor to be nominated. So we're not criticizing. I, I want to just, <laughs> I loved Hijack. I thought it was a great show. Idris was great. Um, you know, waiting week to week for every episode. I just, I had to give the edge to the bear because I felt like the way Hijack ended was a little anticlimactic. Not that That's I wanted the plane the, I, to I, sort I, of like crash with all the people, but I just felt like it didn't build to something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think this leads us into our next topic, which we'll talk about after the break, but it's the best streaming service. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Paul, so we just talked about the Polly for the best TV show, but that leads us into the Polly for the best streamer—the people who give us these shows that we love, that we binge, and it's a constant battle we talk about it on the show all the time between the streaming services and the competition between them. But this year, I think you know everyone maxed out—no pun intended—did their best with what they had, and the nominations that we have here are
1: max. Netflix. Now, I want to say we we limited it to five. Well, there could have been, we're not doing honorable mentions for this category. Yeah. So it was a tough, tough to make that cut.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you could, I mean, we could literally just list all of them and then pick one. But I think the ones that really came true for us were Max, Netflix, Apple TV Plus, Hulu, and Amazon Prime. And I think everyone had their
1: their pros and cons, but I'll let you go ahead. I think all of these nominees are deserving Amazon Prime may be a little unfair because the shipping is really such a critical piece of that. Apple TV plus I think has very high quality shows, but maybe not a huge library of shows. So like what they make building, I think that's what's
0: happening. It's it's building. building,
1: It's building and they're getting into sports. So Apple TV plus certainly deserves to be nominated. Hulu had the bear. Well, not uh, only Murders in the Building is the other Hulu show
0: that's done really well, and then they have a few FX shows like Fargo and Reservation Dogs
1: yeah. um, that have been popular, and of course the Kardashians. You can't you can't forget about the Kardashians. So I'm including Hulu because of the Bear, but I guess that's an FX show, and then Max. Who is we've talked about a lot, you know, rebranding from HBO, Max to Max, incorporating sports content now from the Warner Discovery deal, from TBS properties. You know, they're they're really experimenting. I think you do get a ton of content in that bundle. But the winner for me is Netflix. Why would you choose Netflix this year? I think Netflix has a ton of really interesting content. It is my go to, Streamer for if it's like in the rare instance where I have something, I have some free time. There's something I want to catch up on, and I can just rattle off. You know, leave the world behind. Extraction Two, Beef, Bridgerton. I mean, there's so many shows. I think yeah. Netflix and it, and they're in diverse areas. So and you know, Netflix, as I've said, with their stock price just rocketing up this year, I think they're the best. They won.
0: Look, I think that's a good point. I think part of the streaming service is it's not just about what new shows they have right now. It's what existing catalog do they have for you to go and check out things. I found myself on Max quite a bit watching reruns of uh, Friends just to cheer me up this year. And then when you look at your, you know, we're talking about Amazon Prime coming into the run, Amazon Prime, new season of Reacher. They've got Invincible. They got Gen V. They got The Boys. They've got some decent movies to choose from. I get your pick on uh, Netflix. I think Hulu also had a good run with... They have Family Guy and Rick and Morty. I'm going to have to choose, I think, Apple TV+, Plus only because I think what they've been able to do in one year is really kind of like, okay, we're not just a one-hit wonder. Yeah, we had that movie, Coda. Yeah, we went, you know, Ted Lasso. Now they've got that new Godzilla show, the Monarch show, um, the lessons in chemistry hijacked Ted Lasso. The last season, Silo, Flowers of the Killer Moon, which was there. Um, now, granted, that's not necessarily on the platform yet, but it will be. Napoleon was another Apple movie that will probably be on the platform. Tetris was another one. I don't know, man. I think that next year, it's like I think one. it's a tough one. I'm gonna have to choose Apple TV Plus, but of course, I respect your your Netflix choice there.
1: Another point to Netflix's credit is that it's the only profitable streamer. Granted, some of that is its head (laughs)
0: start. That's fair. That's fair. That's a good point. Uh, Well, one could say that Apple TV Plus is a profitable streamer only because it's part
1: of Apple. Right, because of the devices. Sure, 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 sure. So Best Streamer, Split Decision, Netflix, Apple TV Plus. Okay, Final poly, 2023. Best Season 2 episode from Better Call Paul. The nominees, and really there could be 46 nominees, but actually there couldn't be. So, I want to say the episodes where we had a guest interviewee are not eligible for consideration because we don't want to p- play favorites among our elite and illustrious and amazing guests. So, those are out of the running for a poly. Um, maybe we'll do a separate poly for those um, in the future. But the nominees are episode 205 Generative AI Hits Hollywood. Some could say we were. Ahead of the curve on discussing the implications of AI in Hollywood because that was all the way back from the start of the year. Episode 208, that Supreme was, Court weighs Section 230. Episode 214, The Great Metaverse Slowdown, which I think is a great episode because yep. you talk about the trends. Everyone's like, metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. Yes. But we don't live in a metaverse yet. And sometimes you have yep. to sort of wait for the cake to be baked. Yep. Episode 228. Barbenheimer Effect, celebrating the return of Summer Box Office with Barbie and Oppenheimer. Episode 231, celebrating hip-hop. That was the 50th anniversary of Hip-Hop Weekend in New York City. Mesh and I got to do our top 10 hip-hop albums. I think we ended up doing 12 each of all time. (laughs) But I think that was an interesting look into our hip-hop tastes. And last nominee, episode 242, Diddy Settles. So that was... Uh, if you blinked, you might have missed it. Cassie <laughs> filed a lawsuit against Diddy yeah, it was terrible. for a year, decades maybe of sexual harassment, rape, uh, coercion, all these different things, drugging, false imprisonment, battery, assault, all these different things. And then they settled the next day. Paul, I've
0: got my favorite episode, and I think it's episode 214 The Great Metaverse Slowdown. And I'll say because. It was fun to be able to really kind of do a breakdown in why we thought the it was the shift. It was like the shift from all this talk on the metaverse, which has had billions of dollars pumped into it. And then it was a slow shift into, okay, is it AI, the next platform? with Meta putting a bunch of money the other way around. And we kind of went and dove deep into, you know, what would it take for this to work and the costs around it? I just really enjoyed doing the research and discussing this episode. So it was my favorite. And also, I think it was a part of the year that really showed us the inflection point of how the narrative changed in tech.
1: I agree. I mean, I think at that point, and 2023, the start of the year and the first quarter and a half, I think, People were thinking the sky is falling, inflation's running away, rates are going up, what's going to happen to the economy, is it going to crater? And then the landing so far, knock on wood, I think has been relatively soft for most industries, although there are some exceptions and there are some companies that haven't had a strong year. But I think overall, most people are probably pretty pleased with how we navigated the uh, high inflationary time. But I think the metaverse slowdown, and and we we did talk about the metaverse slowdown and other trends in the industry like AI and and the strikes, and so I really enjoy episodes like that. The reason I'm my poly goes to episode 231, is because we don't really talk about you know our favorite hip hop albums or shows or sort of reflect on things because that wasn't really a news thing as much as it was a window into the hip-hop that we listened to when we were growing up in those formative years and, like, maybe what may have had an impact on us back then as, like, adolescents or people in our early 20s. So that's why I like that episode. I think it was just a little bit of a different take, and it was a lot it of was fun, fun to come up it with was that top 10.
0: I, I do agree with you. That was a lot of fun. I actually found myself listening to a few of those albums recently as we closed the year. I was listening to the Slim Shady LP, the Marshall Mathers LP, your favorite Wink Jay-Z albums um <laughs> But yeah, and I was
1: re-listening to uh, Ready to Die as well. So, well like over, yeah.
0: overall, I think it was it was a good year for us. Um a lot that we got to cover. I think we've really hit our stride now and excited for Better Call Paul 2024. Uh excited to report on all the trends and see where the world takes us. But That's our show for this week, folks. We hope you had a great new year and you enjoyed the Polys. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you choose to listen. Follow us on Better Call Paul, the podcast, Instagram, TikTok. Follow me on Twitter or X, Mesh at Mesh Lakani. Better Call Paul is produced and edited by Valentino Rivera and assistant producer, Lisa Sanders. We look forward to the upcoming year with you and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.